Well, turn your Bibles to uh, 1 Thessalonians um, chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And uh, chapter 4, verse 17. I think they got that up there. I had to put a couple scriptures. I got a lot of scriptures I want to refer to today. And uh, struggling a little bit. This subject is not a, it's not a normal subject for me. And I, I uh, just really believe that... Uh, Probably a couple months ago, Pastor Lee has been ministering on the church, and I've been trying to flow in that direction that God has given him for the church. And I had this message on my heart about the blessed hope, and uh, I was supposed to minister, was it last month? And uh, the last minute, we decided to fly to uh, North Carolina and pin, uh, pin our son Joshua uh, in, in the Marines there as he uh, was uh, given this early promotion, and he was... Marine of the Quarter, and he got exemplary, some kind of honorary award uh, for uh, his service, and um, really proud of him, and, uh, you know, it was just a neat opportunity he got to go. I, I asked him if I could say something. He goes, well, normally no one says something. Parents just pin it, but he goes, you know, you're, you're not military. They can't stop you, <laughs> so, I, so I, I just, it was just a, he kept, Josh kind of downplayed it as no big deal, but it was really a big deal, and we got to... So these, these guys come up and they start talking to us, and I, didn't know, I don't know who they are. I don't know what all these things mean. I just was talking, this, and he was the major over the 250, and he was just going on. But he didn't want to leave us. He just kept talking and talking to us. And so then when I, when I finally had a chance to go up and pen him, when Josh was little, he was being lazy. And so Mama made him memorize Ecclesiastes about whatever you do with your hands, do with all your might when the gravy can. And so when I got up there, I... I got to speaking, and Josh told me later, he goes, yeah, the major was getting ready to say something, and you surprised him, but, but I, I just said, you know, Josh, you know, you had to memorize that passage of scripture, and I, I quoted it, and I said, and I see the fulfillment of that in your life today, as, uh, you know, it was a big deal, and, and I said, but also, I want you to continue to, to live out the, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, you know, where trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean on and understand, and I just got to minister that, and all the, the platoon there, at least got to hear a little bit of the word. They don't usually hear Jesus used in that light there. But anyhow, you know, I just thank the Lord for the opportunity. I was so against him going to the Marines. I'm still not too for it too much. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm just so glad that God's using him as a, as a light there in some way. And so, anyhow, First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verse 7, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them on the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Does anybody happen to have this passage memorized? Heaven? I have it memorized because growing up, that's all they preached from, I feel like, you know. So I, I heard this passage over and over and over again. And, uh, but um, 1 Corinthians, well, let me just start with this, and Luke 21, 8 says, Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And this passage really, it's not talking about being born again necessarily, but it's talking about uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 
15.1 says, I'm saved. Verse 2, I'm, I'm being saved. And the last part is that I will be glorified. My salvation will be complete. And, you know, we have the deposit of the Holy Spirit now in our lives, in our heart. Well, then we'll be face to face. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And the Bible doesn't really use the word rapture. Uh, it uses, you know, uh, catching away. We talk about it's where that word comes from. Uh, the blessed hope, that's in Titus 2.13. If you write these down, I'll try not to go too fast. Titus 2.13, it says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, so not talking about his second coming, talking about the rapture of the church, about the catching away, about the blessed hope and Anyhow, I was talking about how that really God gave me this message for the church a couple months ago when I did get some ministry. And so I know Pastor Lee's talking about doing revelation and doing end times and ministering that. So I just felt like maybe that's why God had delayed it till today as we start out the new year, talking about his return. And um, last, so every, usually every Wednesday, we, Pastor Lee, have what he calls the five at five, the fivefold ministry. We meet at five on a Wednesday and we just, go over all kinds of different things and pray. And this last, um, this last Wednesday, all of us were there, and he was like, what do you feel for the new year? Or what's on your heart? Or what's you going through? So he asked one, and they were just told out how God's going to be you know, looking forward to the year and winning souls. And another one said, this dude's so wonderful. And another one doing great. And then he came to me, and I was like, oh, Lord, do I be honest here, or do I? And so I just, I just had to say, you know, I'm, I'm discouraged. So I guess as I prepared this message, my heart is to for it to be an encouragement to us. And for some reason, growing up, the rapture was not used as an encouraging word, but it was used as a threat um, to say, you be ready, you're not going to be ready. It's a, maybe as a way to say, you know, you get right with God or you're going to get left behind. Of course, that, in my era, that's when they showed the video, was it the Left Behind movie? And, <laughs> you know, and they just scared you with, with the rapture. And I, but as I study the return of Christ, I don't really see where it, it's typically saying it's a fearful thing, but it should be a blessed hope. It should be a, even in this passage, it says, it doesn't say scare each other with these words. It says comfort one another with these words. And I guess that's my heart, not to get into the, uh, you know, when, how, the theological aspect of it, but I, what I really want to emphasize is the looking for his return. Pastor Lee says it so many times, I look, he can come today, you know, and it's on his heart. He said he's coming back for those who are what? Looking for him. And so I guess as I felt discouraged and we come out of that meeting and Ross, Ross Kipito had ministered uh, that Wednesday night and, uh, on Jacob. And, you know, Jacob had a, he, he had a discouraging life when you think about Jacob and his life and all his problems. So I came to the altar and I, and I come up here and I just felt like the Lord say, Joe, just be quiet for a minute. I want to speak something to you. And I'm, I'm sharing this with you. Pastor Lee said, you know, sometimes we need to be transparent and, uh, you know, sometimes you think maybe preachers or even maybe me, I always have a smile on my face and you think, oh, Joe doesn't have problems. And sometimes when you get ready to pray for somebody and you see that they're always so smiley, like, well, should I pray for them? They don't really have problems, but maybe they're just liars like me. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, my, my heart is I don't want to come in with some poo-poo face and bring you down. I'm already down. I, they need you to be up a little bit, you know. That's my feeling in it. But sometimes we've got to be honest when we're going through stuff and and, um, and all that. Anyhow, 
as I was standing up front here, I was standing here, I, uh, I just felt like the Lord said, I want, I want to speak to you. Maybe not like me. I, uh, I'm a little on the hyper side, even, even at almost, hey, I'm going to be 60 next year. And even at almost the 6-0. And so I, I just quieted myself, and I just like the Lord said, Joe, I love you. And there's nothing more encouraging than that, is there? And maybe one minute, to you. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're going through some things today. And ten times, that's what he said. Joe, I love you. I don't believe he's saying that to the church. He's saying that to you. I love you. I love you. He said like ten times. And then he said, is that not enough? And then he said, Joe, I love you. Is that not enough? And then, and then he, and I felt like he said, you know, I didn't hear some audible voice. I'm just telling you what I felt in my spirit, but. And I believe he said, uh, Joe, it is enough. <laughs> and I say that to you all today. It is enough. And then he told me, and then I think this is what his message kind of prompted again. He said, Joe, look up for your redemption draws nigh. And I, I don't know what this new year faces. Maybe it's going to be some hardship for the church. Maybe he is going to return. And, uh, you know, as, as, you read, as you read all, there's so many scriptures about the rapture of the church, the return of Christ, and, and, uh, um, and, and they all seem to say that he could come at any time. You know, some people, they, they believe all these things have to happen, but I don't really see that in the Word where, uh, you, you, you know, the, the imminent return of Christ, he could come at any time. And the whole point of him saying he could come at any time was he says to be ready when he comes. We do a lot of work at the racetrack gas stations where we fix all their equipment. And sometimes I'll go in there. Normally, you got two people working, and, and if I have to, un- I'm not supposed to unload stuff out of like the refrigeration stuff to work on it. But they're they're always so busy that they they never have time to unload it. So I unload it because there's only two of them there working. But once in a while, in the store, sometimes isn't very clean. Things aren't put out. And so sometimes I go in there, and I mean, there's ten people there, and they're cleaning and they're stacking stuff up. And I'm like, oh, I know what's going on here. The vice president's coming. And I asked him, I said, uh, who's coming? They go, oh, the vice president, he's coming tomorrow. So they want to be ready, don't they? And, and I, I think of our own lives that if we really believed, and, I, and God's speaking this to me, said, Joe, don't be discouraged. And, and if we really believe that he would come at any time, if he could come right now if the trumpet sounded, we need to be ready. Don't say amen. That's, that's good. So I... Um, I don't know if I'm a dreamer. I dream all kinds of, usually stress dreams. And I, I, I'm just, I just feel like I want to share a little bit here if I can. And I know I'm going to get into the word here. But I have a lot of stress dreams. But there's sometimes God really gives me a dream. And I know two times in my life he's just given me incredible dreams. And one was the dream of the rapture. And I, I, I you know, as a kid I kept dreaming that I missed the rapture all the time. Or I'd go out and mom would be around. And I just knew. I'm, anybody live like that? You know, they think you missed the rapture, you know. And, and uh, I'm like, ah! I had that bad thought earlier. I knew that was it, you know, or, or I stole that thing, or I did this, and I, I missed it. And so God gave me this dream, that, and, and I was, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, like this is a crazy dream, but I, I dreamed I was old, older than that, lots older in the dream, but I, anyhow, I, I, don't, I had this gray beard, and I had these prison clothes on, and I was in a tower, and we were building this tower. I know it's crazy, but this is the way it was, so and I don't know where those thoughts went. But we're building this tower. And I was with another, another old guy. And we're, we're like half starred. And we're building this tower. And then all of a sudden, the most incredible trumpet sound took place. And, 
And, and I looked, and we were all rising, and I began to, this, we all were speaking in tongues. It's just how it was like this incredible choir of tongues as, as we were being caught up into the clouds. And it was the most incredible feeling of just complete peace and the presence of God that surrounded us. And, and, and I want to say that's what the rapture in some way is going to be, this most incredible, we're finally joined uh, with, with the groom, finally joined with the one we love. And, and it should be a, a comfort and um, you know, for, for me, I, out of Bible college, I became a pastor young, and I, I was eschatology. All I preached on was all the end times for the first 10 years. I studied it, and basically, as you get older, and I, I've been around the world in my eschatology, you know, from, from pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, odd-trib. <laughs> I don't know. And so, so but, but I tell you, what, what, what about now is I, I know he's coming back, Amen. And I know he's coming back soon. And I know he could come at any moment. And I know he could come today. That I do know. His retirement is imminent. And I'm and I not sure if I really knew what that word meant. And Joey, he said, no, that, that, is, that word doesn't, doesn't even mean anything to us today. I said, well, I always think, of, you know, I, I love Star Trek, you know, and Data. You know, he go, Captain, collision is imminent. You know, and, uh, and I, but imminent means that that it it can happen at any moment. It, it's hanging. It's not like it, it means one. It will happen. So he is coming. He will come. And even though it may be delayed, even though it may not be today, he is coming. And and we don't know when he's coming. And so that's what it means. It means he can come at any moment. Think of Taiwan. Taiwan has been facing the imminent invasion of china for 70 years and and they know what it means that at any time china is going to invade them so they are they are getting ready they said that they can deploy 200,000 soldiers in less than 24 hours so what, what that, that means they are ready they know this attack is imminent and if you hear the you know the leader of china gets up and he says we are going to invade them he says it he, it's in their laws that they're going to invade them well, it's in our word that Jesus is coming back soon. So, I just want to draw from the text here. It says, uh, But I would not to have you be ignorant, brother, concerning them which are falling asleep. And I, I think for some reason, I don't know where the church is at today, but they, they, maybe they prefer to be a little ignorant when, they're, when it's thinking about Christ's return. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because this American life consumes you in so many ways. You got work, you got family. Today we got social media and internet and every cable thing, every what, whatever it may be that pulls us aside and, and and our thoughts and our stock becomes in this world. And and I, I remember an old brother of the faith. He said that the things of this world needs to be on your fingertips so that they're easy to let go at any moment. And that's a hard thing to do. And I, I understand the consumption of life and all that happens but that's the thessalonians here they were a mix of jews and gentiles a really unique church and and uh this this uh thessalonians this thessalonian church actually was paul's success you know as pastors he had different churches some were not such a success they had lots of problems but this one was an encouragement to him and and he and, he, and it, it just encouraged him the church encouraged him and so as, as this his goal as he rich, ministers to them he wants to encourage them as they begin to sorrow about those who had who had died thinking that they weren't going to uh, be a part of the of the blessed hope of the catching away and so he, he wants to tell them that and minister to them and luke 21 28 i don't know if that's one of the scriptures i have 
Um, it says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And so, I guess, I'm, I guess God is saying that, you know, we need to be looking for his return. We need to be living in that place to know that he's coming back at any time. To be ready, and I'm, maybe I'll get into what that means to be ready here in a little bit, but Romans 8.23 says, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. You know, a lot of times we think of scriptures at funerals, you know. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Um, but we know that whether we're dead or whether we're asleep, this, this body shall be changed. And 1 Corinthians 1, 7 says, So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 7. And I guess God's saying, Joe, are you waiting for my return? Why are you discouraged? It's because you are putting your thoughts and your efforts too much into the things that don't really matter. Because if we believe that he's coming back at any time, that should be an encouragement to us. That, that this problems, this life, these situations, these things that go on, these things that make us unhappy, they are not going to matter anymore. Amen? But if you do have those investments in there, then they matter too much. Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I want to keep encouraging you with this. Look for him. Look for him. He's coming back soon. 1 Thessalonians 5.1 and 2 says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Uh, the coming of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. And you, you know, in, in many passages, he says that if you're, the thief isn't going to break in if you're ready. He can't, he can't rob you if you're ready. And, and I, I, I think of the story I had read about this man, and, and I'm not advocating guns or anything in this story but i just think this old guy had gotten robbed the guy broke in held him at gunpoint into his house and he robbed him he took most everything he had and he left and the, the older gentleman and he went out and he bought a gun and he said i'm not going to be caught by surprise again and a week later it wasn't the same thief he didn't know that another thief breaks into his house i'd be moving personally but breaks into his house and 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 when he breaks into this house the, the man catches him and puts the gun to the man's head and, 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 he, and, he, and, he, and he said, go ahead, he said, he said uh, something to the effect of, of yeah, go, go ahead, say one more, you robbed me once, you're not going to rob me again. And he, and he goes, I'm going to end this now. And the, and the thief started screaming, please call the police, call the police. He started begging, he goes, give me the phone, I'll call the police. And so the, but the man was ready when the thief came back, and he called the police. And uh, I guess I think in our own lives is that we need to be ready. So Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together. We've heard this scripture a lot, but have you heard it in light of the end times? Because it says, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as what? As you see the day approaching. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be much of a, of a prophet to look at the signs of the times, to look what's going on in our world, to look what's going on in our nation, to know that if there's ever been a time in history in which the Lord Jesus Christ could come back at any second, wouldn't you agree it could be today. It could be this year. And, you know, some of the scary things, the AI stuff, some, you know, 
it's almost like I'm watching a, a sci-fi show, isn't it? When you, when you start to study and see all the different things, these AIs and all this stuff's going to do. And, I, it's, and it's easy to connect it to say, you know, that's going to be the, the image of the beast as he speaks. And there's just so many things, you know. And the Bible talks about in the last days that knowledge shall increase. And it, do we have, is there ever a time in history we have so much knowledge about whatever it is, don't we? It's a, it's a push of a button, the knowledge, the information, and it may not be good. And I, To me, we have so much information now, I don't even know what's true anymore. Do you? I, I don't know, you know, if it's on the internet, though, that's definitely true, right? If it's on there, it's definitely true. I, I don't know what's true when I get this information. Everywhere. And then even, even there's so much head knowledge of the Word of God, but so little heart knowledge, so little revelation today. It, it seems to be wherever you can find books, you can find commentaries you can find so much and the bible says that they'll be running to and fro you know we drove for 10 and a half hours it's amazing just get in an automobile and drive 10 and a half hours and you're in mountains in tennessee tennessee is so beautiful isn't it and you're there in the mountains cold though it was cold and uh i went hiking this five mile hike it was brutal it was up all uphill the whole way and it was harder than i thought it would be and uh I did better than I thought, though, I will say that, except the next day I couldn't climb stairs, and, uh, but it was like 65 stories, my watch said, you know, and, uh, but it was absolutely amazing and beautiful, and, but able to travel planes and go around the world and all that, so James 5, 8 says, be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh, grudge not one against another, and brother, lest ye be condemned, behold, the judge standeth before the door. You know, as he talks about his return here, he says to be patient, to be patient. Listen, I, the church could very well face some things that, we already face some things we have never had to face, but maybe, who knows this year, it could be something worse. And so I guess I think of that, be ready for his return, and maybe be ready for what's coming, maybe for us as a nation or, or the world or whatever. I know we don't, you know, that's not a message maybe we want to hear all the time. And it's not about a fearful thing. It's not about fearing whatever God has brought you through in the past. He's going to bring you through in the future. But, but he, he says, be ye also patient. Tell someone just to be patient and see how that goes, huh? You know, I remember when I was a kid, I, the pastor would say, well, patience cometh by tribulation, you know. And I was like, and, I, and, I, and he said that because when I... When I first started going to Bible, because I started selling firewood, and I, I, I had this truck, and I'd go out into the woods, and it'd be frozen in the ground. Before I get out, I'd get stuck in the mud. And I'd unload this whole load of wood. I'd jack it up, push it out of the rut, load it back up, and sometimes get stuck three or four more times before I got out of the woods. And I'd spend the whole day, and, you know, I, I had college classes studying, all this stuff to do, and I, I'd do all this stuff. And then I, I'd have this big load of wood. It was overloaded, this truck, and I'd drive it 50 miles to sell the wood. And before I get there, a tire would blow, you know. I made $65 on the wood. The tire cost $60 back then, whatever it was, $50. And so I, I, just, I, I would be complaining, and he'd say, Joe, problems bring patience. I'd say, well, I really don't want patience, if that's what it takes. <laughs> but whatever you go through in this life is to build patience, saying, God, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brother, and at least ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth at the door. So much about our lives and how we live and how we turn to Christ and how we draw close to him. And, and um, 
you know, I, I guess when I think about him coming, I want to be ready. I want to be so close to him. Don't you? When you see him, I don't want to have any regrets about how I lived. And I want to be ready. And how do you be ready? And I, man, I, I guess I think about, let, let me go, let me just read my scriptures and I'm going to go. But the end of all things is at hand. 1 Peter 4, 7. 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch and pray. And, uh, uh, you know, when we think about the end times, we think about being sober. What's the opposite of being sober is to be drunk. And what is, what is intoxication? Being intoxicated with something that numbs you, doesn't it? it alcohol numbs your feeling. I know about alcohol. My, grip, my dad was an alcoholic, and uh, I, I, I always use the harsher word. He was a drunk, you know. And, but th- what does it do? It numbs you. And, 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 I, and I believe sometimes as people go into the new year, they're numb and and, and he's saying, be sober, be sober in Christ, and be awake, be vigilant, know that he could come at any time. And uh, I believe God is, is, is heralding that to us to say, be ready, be patient, be sober, be vigilant. And Revelation 22, 7 says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Even in Thessalonians 4 here, he says, he says we... But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning to fall asleep. For if we believe that he died, it says, For we say unto you that we which are alive and remain. And Apostle Paul believed he'd come in his day, that he believes he's going to be alive and remain here. It says, We which are alive and remain. Um, Luke 12, 37 says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and will serve them. And... Uh, what a beautiful picture of our Lord and Savior serving us. I, I don't think you can get that around your head there that someday he, he serves us now, obviously. But it, what a beautiful picture of having a meal with him and sitting down with him. And, you know, sometimes I think of, of uh, that when we see him face to face, because we know him now, it, you know, talking about the bride, you know, he's looking for his bride, about the groom coming and and. You know, I know Luella and I, when we first met, we, she went to Indiana, and I was in, in Missouri, and, um, and then I went to Ohio and did my internship, and I got one day a week off, and I would drive six hours one way just to meet with her for a few hours and then drive back, and I hadn't seen her. Now, back then, we didn't have cell phones and all, and I didn't have the money to make calls, and so I wrote a letter every day, sent it out, yeah, that's what I did, a letter. I'm not, I'm not Mr. Romantic, so it wasn't no romantic too much letter, but at least I wrote a few thoughts down. I wrote it, and I'd send one little page, and she didn't send 10 pages back, you know. And, uh, <laughs> um, but, but I remember the excitement, anticipation of meeting with her, that halfway point. And, now that, and then we've been gone, been gone all week, and even though all of us are so excited about coming back and seeing our wives and our children and the excitement of that. And I, I believe that's what God is trying to encourage us with, that he's coming soon. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Um, but what does that mean for us, really, in a specific way to our, to our daily lives? It's a comfort, a, a blessed hope. And First um, Thessalonians 13.3 says, We shall see him face to face, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. First John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. 
Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I mean, if you read these scriptures in that light of, of his return. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall what? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. And, uh, and uh, it causes us to want to walk close to the Lord and allow his work of grace to cleanse us and to clean us and to purify us and to remove everything away from our life that shouldn't be there. And I, I, uh, uh, I, I begin to think, well, why do some people respond with, don't raise your hand, but whenever you think of God coming now, does it bring fear to you? Is there an instance of... <gasps> Fear in your heart and in your life. And I, I begin to think, and say the word, Lord, why, why is it that we fear his return instead of long for his return? And I, I guess I begin to think of two, at least two, there's probably many, but uh, two main things that kind of responded in my heart as I begin to think. And uh, one is in, in Matthew 24, it says that they had kind of a cavalier attitude, life as usual. You know, just as in days of Noah, they were marrying and giving in marriage, and, and they were just busy doing everything that they did, and yet Noah's preaching, the flood is coming, get ready, the flood is coming. Think about that. Think about this crazy man for 120 years preaching this great flood is coming. And they just sat there, like, yeah, whatever. They just, they just said, hey, guys, we're just working. We got work to do. We don't have time for you, preacher. You know, our, we got more important things to do in our life. And really, I, I think of the church and it's, it's apathy toward, you know, the things of God. You know, uh, I show up at the 9 o'clock service once a week. That ought to be enough. That's good preaching. What do you... And I know life is seasons. Sometimes there's seasons in our life, but the season should not last for 20 years or 30 years. There may be some seasons in our life, but if you knew the Lord was coming back, before the end of this year, how would your life change? Would you be so cavalier to say, you know, uh, hey, I give my little time at church, that ought to be enough. Maybe that's not your total attitude. You say, I just don't have more time than that. I, I got this and this going on in my life. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy, aren't you? If you're too busy to seek Him, if you're too busy to, to allow Him to work in your life, if you're too busy to be with the body of Christ, What's going to happen if, if he really does not come this year, but persecution comes to the church, financial difficulty? It's amazing how the people that, that seem to give the least to God, when problems happen, they want the most from the church. I know what I'm talking about in that. Well, so we don't want to, it's got to be an urgency to say that he could come today. Our hard times could come today, and I don't want to wait till the hard times come. And, you know, the, the story of the, ten, of the ten virgins, really, people draw a lot of stuff from that. But what it's really talking about is that the five were full of the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they had the Holy Spirit, and they had a reserve of the Holy Ghost in their life. They didn't wait till the last minute when hard times come, and then they're like, oh, God, I need to hear from you. God, I need you to lead me and guide me. No, they had that steady walk with him until that time came. And, and, I, and I, I believe that's what God is saying. God is saying, my, my mom loved to quote the scripture to me, you know, if you can't, if you can't run with the footman, what are you going to do when the horsemen come? You know, you know, she was using it, you know, basically to say that, you know, you're having trouble living for God now and things aren't that bad. What are you going to do when they get bad? 
And so if it's ever a time to press in, if it's ever a time to be sober, if it's ever a time to lay stuff aside and, and, and to put things down that aren't important in our life, it's today. It really is today. That's, I, I love the new year, and sometimes we get to look back at the year and say, what was accomplished? Was it, you know, if you're like me, I, I, I never, I, for some reason, I don't remember the bad. All I remember is all the good. You know, it's a good thing God wires us that way. It'd be pretty negative. Always think about the bad stuff. But I always think about, oh, yeah, it was a pretty good year. Then you get to thinking about it. Oh, don't, I guess, you know, that was pretty bad that happened there, and that happened, and this happened, and, and so on. But so watching is preparing. It's not just watching, it's preparing for his return. As we face the new years, and, and you know, when we talked about at this meeting about being discouraged or going through stuff, and Pastor Lee had encouraged us to, to fast and pray, and Felix may be talking about that here more, about leading us in a time of fasting and praying. Maybe, I don't know what we're getting ready to face, but he, and he read the scripture of Jesus and the disciples. He said, when the bride and groom's with you, they don't fast. But when he's, when he's gone, you fast. Well, we know that he has went on to heaven, and it's time to fast and to pray, and and, and the, the prayer ministry of the church, I believe, is so much more powerful and effective than we could ever imagine. It's just from going to this ministry retreat to realize how important it is for brethren to come together. You know, I think of these pastors like the captains and the sergeants of God's army, you know. And Satan attacks them and tries to discourage them and defeat them and, and take them out. And how that's such a powerful ministry there. Well, the same thing in our own lives. You ever notice the person that's at the front line gets shot at the most? You know, if you're not if you're not engaging in the war, you probably don't have a lot of shots to worry about. But Luke five thirty three says, and they said unto him, why do the disciples often fast? And that scripture I gave you. And, and then I thought the second reason why maybe we are fearful about his return is I don't believe we understand the the eternal security that we have in Jesus Christ through His new covenant. That we don't have to be fearful. That we are born again. And he is the positive. I live in him and he lives in me. And I, I believe sometimes we, we, if you're like me and I grew up in that old-time Pentecostal life where I, every week I got saved. <laughs> and I really did. Every day, every week. You know, they'd preach about the rapture, preach about hell. They'd show the movie. They'd have heaven's gates and hell's flames. And oh, I'd come crying to the altar. I was such a sinner. You know, I didn't really understand how that nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ, shall trials, persecution, shall things present, shall things to come. Nay, in all things, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who comforts me. And I, and I, you know, I know that when you're born again, all things have passed away, all things become new. I'm not the man I used to be. I'm a new man in Christ. I don't think they understand grace and the work of grace. And your place in Jesus Christ. It's not about your, your every moment of never sinning or failing or the flesh never taking things in your life or doing things. It's about really being born again. It's about Christ Jesus who's changed our heart. He lives in me and he lives in you. And I want to encourage you that don't be fearful of his return because you're not perfect. Because you're not and you never will be perfect until that day comes. Now we know in part, but then shall we know even as also we are known. Now we see imperfect. We live imperfect. But then we will be perfect. Oh, I am looking for it. I want this old sin nature out of my life. I hate it, don't you? Just when I'm walking good, I get tripped up. That's the problem. I, I, isn't it? <laughs> I am walking good and I get tripped up. But I want to encourage you. He is coming back, and if you're born again, He is coming for you and for me. 
Amen. You don't have to walk in some place of perfection. He was leading you there. I'm saved, and I'm being saved, and I will be completely saved, and I'll be glorified. This, this old flesh is going to take on the most godly life ever in all eternity. I really didn't get, I wanted to do maybe Matthew 24, but I didn't get to that and all that, but I, I, I just want to end, if you all would stand, and Carla, if you'd whoever come back to the keyboard. His return is imminent. imminent. It is coming. He is definitely coming. He, he, he can come at any moment. I, you know what I believe holds back the Lord from why he hasn't already come? I believe it's, it's one more soul. One more soul. You know, some, some believe, you know, there's a scripture there in Matthew about um, his return. And once the gospel is preached into all the world, he shall return. And Felix told me about the statistic that, uh, this is amazing, that at this moment in history, there's more people that have come to Christ and are coming to Christ than ever in all the history of mankind. There is the greatest move of salvation that has ever taken place on the face of this earth. And I know maybe in America we don't see it like that, but, but in the world as a whole, think about the time in which we live, that the Spirit of God is calling His church, calling His bride. He is, he is saying, one more soul. And I, and I think what holds it back is that maybe you were that one more soul. Jeff Lee put on this great big thing for Christmas, and he said he had 400 people pack out the church and, uh, from, the, from the, the soup kitchen. He gave the gospel. A hundred people said they asked God to come into his life. And then three people showed up on Sunday morning. He goes, was I discouraged? No, because those three souls come to Jesus Christ. And, 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 and I guess I think, what if I was one of those three? That'd be pretty important. I'm glad they did all that. Amen. Be encouraged today. He is coming back. And I guess how do I want to end this? And maybe you're like me, and I'm like, Lord, I don't live in that reality that I need to live in, that you are coming. I'm absorbed with this world too much. I want to open these altars. Maybe you say, that's you. Maybe you say, you know, I'm discouraged, like you are saying you're discouraged, Pastor. Pastor, I, I've been through these things. I've failed God. I've, I have these problems. Maybe you're in physical pain. Maybe you're just numb spiritually. For whatever reason, you say, I can't even fear, feel his presence. I can't hear his voice. I read the word and it's just, it's just blank to me. I want to encourage you to come. Maybe you have emotional, maybe you have spiritual. Maybe you're suffering with shame of failure. I don't know where you're at as you face this news.